To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Bed shortages are already dire in one of the country's biggest hospitals before winter viruses have even really started to take off. The Herald is reporting that a woman with typhoid fever was treated and then asked to stay in her car overnight because there were no beds available for her. Sarah Dalton from the Association of Salaried Medical Specialists is with us. Hi, Sarah. Uh, Kia ora, Heather. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Is this common? I hope not. I really hope not. As I haven't heard of this happening before in terms of people being asked to um, stay in their cars, but I do think it's a really nasty symbol of the state of our hospitals and our capacity to care for people who are acutely unwell. Um, the Herald is also reporting that people in Middlemore are sleeping in lazy boys and beds are lining the corridors. Are you aware of that? Yeah, um, use of lazy boys is not uncommon in hospitals, so people that obviously need to rest but perhaps don't need to be admitted or just need to be kept an eye on for a period of time, so so, th- so that's not entirely on- uncommon, but um, having to stack people in corridors is obviously not something we want to see. Um, it's an impossible situation where we've got very high levels of, of, of numbers of people reporting you know, to hospitals acutely unwell, and we just don't have the staff or the beds to, to place them. And, and I see since that Herald article has landed, um, Christchurch Hospital is saying similar things. They're at 112%. They're having to stop surgeries. They're asking people to only go to their ED if they're really, really sick. And um, there are other hospitals reporting this level of pressure. So unfortunately, that is the pattern of what it's likely to be um, across the country this winter. Is this worse than other winters? Yes, it is. Uh, because... Uh, In New Zealand, for quite a number of years, um, health staff had a culture of working when sick. And so they actually helped to prop up the health system and mask um, what, you know, useful staffing levels and appropriate staffing levels would be across winter because they often worked when they're unwell themselves. Mm. Thanks to COVID, and rightly so, people are asked to stay home or required to stay home if they're unwell, and particularly if they're potentially infectious. And that is really stripping out. Um, staffing at the moment. So what's going to happen, Sarah, when the flu takes off and we've got our second wave of COVID at its peak and RSV kicks in for the kids? It's a really good question, isn't it? It doesn't look good because, you know, the solutions to these really big issues are not things that we can fix tomorrow. So I've been I've, I've been racking my brains. What What could we see happening now? And I think a little like the Christchurch announcement, we should be seeing absolute visibility of um, waiting times, bed numbers, capacity or lack of capacity in hospitals, the same way that we're reporting the COVID figures every day and people are used to looking out for those. I think we need to be absolutely clear about um, how our hospitals are tracking in terms of capacity, where they're at in terms of staffing. Um, I also think one thing we could do is be treating the staff we do have there better. You know, every health union has been in extended bargaining and negotiations to try and um, get um, increases for staff who are choosing to stay here and um, face the brunt of this work. And we're not even coming close to cost of living adjustments at the moment. So that's a real frustration. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is getting the hospital leadership out there and visible on the floor so that staff know they're being supported and, and that hospital leaders are absolutely fronting where they're at with this work and that individual staff and services don't feel like they're having to somehow muddle their way through unsupported. So I think yeah. I think we need to see really, you know, 
that information up front and um, staff being looked after. And I imagine there's similar pressures across community um, providers, um, particularly GP and community health centres. Sarah, thank you for running us through that. Sarah Dalton, the Association of Salaried Medical Specialists.